Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. In this episode, I feature Rico Gatson. He is a multimedia visual artist whose work explores themes of history, identity, popular culture, and spirituality through sculpture, painting, video, and public art projects. Over the course of almost two decades, he has been celebrated for politically layered artworks, often based on significant moments in Black history. From the Watts riots, the formation of the Black Panthers, to the election of President Barack Obama, are a few subjects touched upon in his work. Rico's work has been exhibited nationally and internationally, including exhibitions at the Studio Museum in Harlem, the Whitney Museum of American Art, the Essel Museum in Austria, the Smithsonian American Art Museum in Washington, D.C. In 2019, Rico completed a large commission for MTA Arts and Design titled Beacons, eight permanent large-scale mosaics of prominent figures associated with and installed in a subway station in the Bronx. His work is featured in the permanent collections of the Smithsonian American Art Museum, the Student Museum in Harlem, the Denver Art Museum, the Cheekwood Museum, the Kempner Museum, and the Yale University Art Gallery. His work is also included in numerous private collections. Enjoy this episode featuring Rico Gatson. Rico, welcome to my Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I am delighted to have you. Thank you for having me, and I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. So when did you discover your artistic passion? Um, I like to say, or I've said in the past, that that kind of started um, when I entered the world. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a little general. But I've always made art and was always supported and encouraged by my, my parents, my um, lovely mother, to be specific, to produce art. So, you know, I've always made art going back as far back as I can remember. Well, it was always like sort of visually inclined. But of course, throughout various aspects of my education, there were teachers at each stage that really supported and encouraged it. So I think that like the the idea that I could go on and, and take it serious as a career started in college with an amazing professor. I went to Bethel College in the Twin Cities. Minneapolis, St. Paul, and it was a small liberal arts college with a really great art program. Uh, I started in graphic design, switched to studio art, and this professor was the person that really like sort of inspired me to think about going on to getting an MFA. Um, So, you know, I would say that that was like the spark that led me to where I'm at today with it. So yeah, I went on to Yale from there and did an MFA in sculpture and moved to New York and so on. 
And do you recall if early on there was a particular work of art or artist that influenced you? I mean, in the beginning, again, it was just like, you know, just responding to the world at large, wanting to sort of just replicate or make or impress. You know, I think that that's like the kind of the first, your first audience is obviously your your family or your parents. So at a certain point, and I can't think of specific instances, say like as far back as high school, but of course in college, I was opened up to a whole a world of makers. So I went to a small uh, liberal arts college in the Midwest and had a great professor uh, in sculpture, Stuart Luckman, and was exposed, I remember early, to uh, the great Chicago-based sculptor, uh, Richard Hunt, and got to meet Richard when I was, you know, still in, I must have been about 20, 1986. And so, you know, that was big in terms of like someone who had, you know, received the recognition early in their career and was was making somebody uh, an artist of color, which meant a lot to me, being at the small liberal arts, mostly white um, institution. And so, yeah, that that had an impact, you know. So I, I think that, that that was early, like, like wow, you know, like an early indication that, like, I could maybe pursue it. As I don't know if I, I was thinking, like, career, but as a way, you know, to sort of as an approach to, to a, a life. So, yeah. How would you define your practice? I, I would define my practice as multidisciplinary. Like I said, I started out, I studied sculpture. Prior to that, just to go back a little bit, I, I, you know, I, I was a, a studying graphic design and then I switched to fine art and really caught the, you know, the sculpture bug, the object making bug. So, but like that morphed into other areas, uh, i.e. Uh, video installation and so on going back all the way back. But um, so I, I think that I, I still think of myself as a multidisciplinary artist, cross-disciplinary. I'm working in all of those mediums, but uh, currently I'm making paintings, which I also refer to as painted things. Uh, I think that my approach to, to making is clearly from the standpoint of a sculptor who paints having zero training and painting. So yeah, I would say multidisciplinary and approach, but interested in like things related to identity, politics, history, spirituality, and so on. What aspect of your practice do you enjoy the most? Uh, just making, you know, just being a studio-based producer. It's staying engaged in the process of just making making stuff, you know, so to put that in, in a more succinct way, just really being engaged and, you know, trying to realize the vision that could also translate to my vision as a maker, as a thinker, you know, just, uh, I really think about, I really think about, think of myself as someone who is engaged in like making handmade things. So and I, I like to think about like the transference of energy from me into the work so I think that that's a really important way to process how I'm thinking about the work. I mean, the works can look very sort of planned, but there's a, there's a lot of spontaneity, I think. So not in so much the execution, but so far as like how I might approach a specific work, painting or what have you. So it's really, really about the hand. And I think that there's something that relates to a certain kind of spirituality as I'm defining it 
for the purposes of, you know, placing, you know, or sort of uh, interpreting or expressing that part of, you know, my practice. What, what materials do you use? So right now it's, I, I work with acrylic paint on wood. So I, it, as opposed to canvas. So that's something that I, again, I think that it's, is uh, related to uh, this whole idea of uh, a sculptor who paints. Um, I like the resistance of the, the panel versus like canvas. Um, it keeps it in a certain realm for me. So, but acrylic paint versus oil on panel. I work on these, uh, the larger paintings, uh, 36 by 80, which is a standard dimension of like a prefab door. So I like working on the doors. For me, they're, I like the, again, the ready-made aspect. And uh, I like the, just conceptually, sort of what doors represent. Obviously, like, you know, the portals, access, and uh, so on and so forth. So, but yeah, like the symbolism is important as far as how I work. So, yeah. And, you know, then I combine other materials like uh, glitter, which is the material that I've used for a while now. I think I started utilizing that just as a, a texture. It's been probably probably 15 years. So, uh, so I spray. I also spray. So acrylic paint, but acrylic-based spray paint to create transparency and or layers and so on. And you listen to music while you're working? I do. Music is like a very important part of both the studio and the work. You know, and, and it's a very sort of eclectic mix of sources. Yeah, I, I listen to a lot of jazz and to a lot of hip hop. More recently, I've been listening to a lot of like transcendental jazz, i.e., of course, Coltrane, John Coltrane, Alice Coltrane, Don Cherry, Youssef Latif, Sun Ra. Yeah, so music has always been a really important part of, of my studio practice. Like uh, Albert Eiler is a musician who's has a specific significance to me. He was this uh, avant-garde jazz musician who was a protege of John Coltrane and died sadly in the early 70s, having committed suicide. And we share the same birthday, I think 30 years to the day, July 13, 1936 for him and 66 for me. So you, this is an artist that was introduced to me like uh, when I was a bit younger and has uh, had a lot of power and resonance, both because of the experimental aspects of the work, of his production and the spiritual aspects of the work. So Eiler is somebody that I go back to over and over again. But, you know, there's a full range, hip hop or rap and or rock. But music, you know, I, you know, I have a pretty extensive collection of all those genres and, you know, and, and beyond. Mm -hmm. and, and when did the titles enter the creative process? Uh, the titles are, they, they come uh, various ways. It, sometimes they come early or before but mostly they come like later. The way that I title things is clearly not something that's unique to my practice, but I like to un untitle and then give a title in parentheses. <laughs> and a lot, oftentimes the titles are associated with, recently I should say, associated with very specific things in the world, i.e. like musicians or an album or a track on an album. For instance, for the last show I did, a, um, I made a, a painting that, that was, it was determined after close to it being finished that it was, you know, that I, I, I sort of felt that there were like auras or energy. And so it's inspired to title the piece uh, Untitled Ghosts. 
after Albert Eiler. It was like, I think his first album um, in 1993. Um, and I also titled my last show at Miles McKinnery with the same title. But yeah, they, you know, they come at various points in the uh, creative process, but a lot of times toward the end. What are you excited about right now? Uh, so much. <laughs> That's great. Love that. Yeah, there's just, there's almost too much. I'm excited about like just politically what's happened, you know, what's happening. I feel that like, you know, a page has been turned. I'm excited about, I guess, coming through the this uh, global pandemic even though it's still here, but life seems to be returning weirdly back to normal in a way that is like, we, like something's occurred that feels like good. Obviously the uh, vaccines have made it possible for us to kind of be together. But I think that we've like sort of like spiritually moved to a different place somewhat, albeit the world's still pretty <laughs> challenged, mm-hmm. but I think the fear is dissipating. I'm excited about like so much, like uh, on a personal level, you know, there's just so much happening on, um, I'm excited about my show coming up at Miles McKinnery opening December 8th and to share this new, these new paintings. I'm excited to see the exhibition. That's my, my friend who also shares the same birthday to Kwasi Dyson at Pace. Yeah. There's so much, there's so much going on right now. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. I know I didn't answer like art excited. I mean, of course there's so much to be excited about. Yeah, there really is. There really is. I actually don't mind watching the news again. And when you're working, creating, do you think about who your audience is? And do you think about, ask yourself, will they understand my message? Yeah, I mean, I think that that's something that's like, well, I'm going to say something that's kind of contradictory. Because I think that like, to a certain extent, the audience or consideration of an audience is kind of always there. I think that at this point, for me, and like my trajectory and making, like, I'm just trying to sort of like, you know, stay true to whatever it is that uh, I feel that is important for me to kind of try to, I'm just trying to stay true to like, you know, the work and trying to listen. So I think that that comes with time. So yeah, the audience is always there, but it hopefully not as loud as it once was. So yeah, they're there, but they're not there and like screaming. It's there, but it's a, a bit more muted, which isn't to say that I'm not like concerned. I'm just trying to, again, stay true to you know my vision, you know, whatever that is, which is probably uh, for a much longer conversation. But I think that there are things that once you've been making, you're sort of engaged with. And I think you're just trying to sort of find a way or different ways to sort of communicate that stuff. Mm-hmm. So yes and no, I would say. How do you keep learning? Just staying engaged uh, with the world, looking, reading, just just listening and engaging. I, I, I teach, so I'm constantly in that world working with uh, students. And I, I like to say that I get as much from teaching them. You know, I learn as much from them as maybe not as much, but, you know, there's like a give and take that occurs in that process. You know, that relationship, those relationships that I think that can be really like magical and inspiring. You know, it's just being engaged, staying like curious, you know, that comes in a number of different ways. You know, it could be like Instagram. It could be, I mean, I had a group of students over last night from the New York Crit Club, had two groups come through. I mean, it was really inspiring to get into like just a real sort of conversation about what it is that we're trying to do here as artists. But yeah, so like that it doesn't come from the news. I don't, I'm not inspired by the news often. Yeah, but art, you know, my friends, you know, my, my kid, 
yeah, just beauty. Yeah. Well, you know, art will save us. So as an artist, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of work and responsibility to save us. But we need you guys to do what you do. But what would you say is one of the most challenging things that you've encountered as a visual artist? There's, there's a lot of challenges to committing oneself to, you know, a long career in making especially in a great city like New York, just staying committed to the work. You know, it's, it can be like thinking can be challenging just to, you know, just to maintaining a certain amount of belief in uh, what you're doing. Because um, you don't always have like, you know, you don't always feel like the accolades and there's just always so much. So I think that just sort of staying committed to your vision is can be a challenge, but, you know, you have to do that. And I think that that occurs through like just staying committed to the work, you know, just working which might sound a little over, overly simplistic, but like having a long career in this, you know, that experiences like highs and lows, as long as the lows don't get too low. But yeah, just continuing to do it. Yeah. You know, I've been very fortunate. I don't mean to you know, sound uh, just to put a positive spin. I, I think that I've been very fortunate to, con- to be able to continue to do it and to, to hold people's interest. But, you know, I think that that's the thing, you know, it can be really discouraging. You know, I'm speaking generally to be an artist and try to, you know, to feel relevant or to feel like what you're making is important. This has been a great conversation. I've enjoyed it. That's it? No, we're not finished. I'm just getting warmed up. All right. The last question I have for you is, what do you feel is the purpose of art? And as an artist, what is your role? I think the purpose of art is just to, uh, this is going to sound really simple, but to, to try to put light in the world try to, to expose, illuminate things that are not sort of apparent. And I think that like my role is is consistent with that, is to try to like create things that help to change and help to bring like something of importance, but light. Like I talk a lot about or think a lot about light. I think that I, I hope that it's consistent in the work. Um, but yeah, it's just to illuminate. It's not joy. I mean, art, though art can do that connected with that which can also be about joy but yeah to be it, truth and honesty i think is important not entertainment i don't think i don't personally think that it's about entertainment i think it's about something much larger or more substantial than that but you know it can be entertaining beauty light love that's it yeah we all need you artists to keep doing the work i guess another way to tie it up is that the work that I respond to the most is uh, work that possesses some of the things I described. But I would also expand that to say that, like, it also has a certain kind of generosity, which I believe is related, you know. So I think that artists need to be generous, you know. And I think that, you know, I hope that I'm there's a certain kind of generosity, you know, to the work. Access is a tricky word. But I think it's an important word and, and, and can be interpreted how you will. But it's, a, it's connected to generosity. So I hope to be very generous in the work that I produce. And I hope that that's experienced by the viewer, by my audience. <laughs> that's my story. And I'm sticking with it. <laughs> well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure listening to your story. And uh, I'm glad it's an honest one. And uh, thank you for joining me on my podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor and uh, really delighted to sort of connect and, and, and meet you.
Thank you. In this virtual world. Yes. <laughs> and then yes. in the real yes. world soon. Yes. Hopefully. Yes. In person, for sure. December <laughs> exactly. at the gallery. December 8th. Yes. Miles McHenry. <laughs> uh, the title of the show, I, I can't tell you the title of the show, which came later. And the title is Spectral Visions. Wow. I'm looking forward to it. Curious about that. We can talk more <laughs> in the real world about that. <laughs> Definitely. Thank Great. you. Great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. For additional content, please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram.